This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. Has the injury bug already taken a bite out of your roster and left you hamstrung? Did you blow your draft by taking AJ Green in the fourth round? Are you regretting that big trade in your dynasty league that's left your roster less than dynamic? Well, then it's never too late over at draft.com. Get over to draft.com today and upon deposit, use the promo code DWZ Draft. You'll get a free $3 ticket into a contest and maybe you can take on me. Look for your boy Memphis at DFF Memphis over on the draft app starting the week of August 12th. And you could find your butt getting whooped by me. So check us out over at draft.com, promo code upon deposit, DWZ draft, and come get some of the big guy. Look forward to seeing you there. Let's have a great season. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And we are the flagship podcast of the DynastyFootballFactory.com and are proud members of the Dynasty Football Network at DF underscore network on Twitter. And we're back at it again. You know my co-host. He is the man of the hour and the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what's going on tonight, buddy? Randy, getting ready, my friend. We are so close. You can feel it in the air. That little that little bit of hope when you walk out of the door and you're on your way to work and you just you can smell the football is on the horizon. I was going to say, maybe you're smelling your own breath, blowing back in your face. But yeah, uh, as you're listening to this on Wednesday, if you're listening to it on the day it drops, if you're listening to it later in the week, we appreciate you too. Not everybody can listen to day one, but on the day this show releases, it is August 14th and tomorrow is August 15th because that's how it works, Jerry, on the calendar. Mm-hmm. They go sequentially like that. I love it. It makes it really easy to keep track, but that's three weeks. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday the 14th, we are three weeks and a day, 22 days away from the start of the football season. And I'm getting I'm getting pumped, Jerry. I think that first night's Green Bay and Chicago. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Man, uh, w- what a classic. And I- I'm really excited to see if the free agent additions the Packers got on defense along with new head coach Matt LaFleur is going to make a big, uh, a big uh, impact on the defense. And then Mitch Trubisky, you know, old Mitch, never had the same offensive coordinator twice, two years in a row since college. So can year two in the Matt Nagy offense uh, help his accuracy and his overall fantasy production? What are you thinking there, Jerry? I am thinking hopefully both of those teams get riddled with injuries and the Lions can limp through the division and win it. Not even if uh, Aaron Rodgers... Mitch Trubisky and Kirk Cousins had a three-way death match, a last man standing. I don't, I don't think the Lions could come out alive, although I do like your head coach, Matt Patricia, cruising around on an ATV with a pencil behind his ear. Yeah, too while, good for the golf cart. While calling plays, well, you know, so he's got a laminated, a laminated play call sheet, but he's got a pencil, an old school pencil behind his ear. I mean, I would get it kind of. If it was like a dry erase marker, but it's not. It's a pencil. I don't. I don't get it. For a guy with a genius level IQ, 
allegedly. He is a uh, he's an interesting fellow that head coach of your Lions. Yeah, he sure is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the pencil's for. I think it's just his image. That's how he sells T-shirts. Uh, you you know, back in my younger days, I was a bartender and a server, and I always had a pencil behind my ear. But you know, I was taking notes on a notepad. So a pencil was very effective for that. I don't get it. Maybe he was a server back in the day, and maybe he took notes, and he's just used to having a pencil behind his ear. But for whatever reason, we're not here to talk about Matt Patricia. The first game of the season, we're going to get that. We're going to get back into some more redraft stuff. Tonight, we're going to talk about guys falling down our respective redraft ADP. Now, we're not cheating. We're not going to talk about guys like Damian Williams. We're going to talk about him in the news segment. We're not going to cheat and talk about, oh, yes, we see A.J. Green you know, falling even further. That's a, that's that low-hanging fruit. We want to hit you with a few guys each that you know have some buzz in some circles and maybe some they don't. Give you some reasons why. Uh, so please help me. I'm falling, and I can't get my ADP back up. So you see what I did there, Jerry? Mm-hmm. Well, like listen. Champ. Like a champion. Well, we're going to get into this news, and we're going to start with news close to home. So Jim Ursay, I can't tell you not whether or not he was liquored up, allegedly, on a local NFL radio conversation about a small bone issue with Andrew Luck. And then I was following along with Dr. David Chow, a great follow if injuries are a concern or something you're interested in. He said it could be a condition. He's just he's just theorizing based on what limited information he has. He's just doing it from an educated stance that it might be something called myostis, something I can't pronounce. Go see Dr. David Chow. He put a great thread out about this early Tuesday morning after the Jim Ursay interview. Here's what I can tell you, and then I'll throw it to my good man, Jerry. From all that I see and follow locally, Andrew Luck is throwing every single day. He's doing it with renowned QB guru Tom House. He's moving around. He is going through walkthrough every day. He's just not going through the art of practice. Now, Chris Ballard has come out just before we hit the record button tonight and said that Andrew Luck will not be partaking in any part of the preseason. That's cool. Again, this show is dropping on Wednesday, August 14th. If three weeks from today, when the week one injury report comes out and Andrew Luck is on it and you're nervous, then you can be nervous. Until then, if you're a dynasty owner, you just got to grin and bear this. Hope that the worst of it's past. He is moving. He's not immobile, which is the first thing they typically do when you're injured. Now, if you want to push Andrew Luck down your redraft board, I, I, I can totally respect that. There are so many good quarterbacks in the range of ADP where Andrew Luck is going. I can understand it. If you're a little hesitant on T.Y. Hilton or some of the receiving options, I get that too. But in Dynasty Leagues, if you're out there selling, you're going to be selling to a shark like me because I'm already circling. This is how I got so much Andrew Luck last year. Oh, he's not throwing a regulation football yet. He's throwing a Nerf ball and he's throwing a tennis ball and he's throwing watermelons. Who cares? All you can do is grin and bear it. He's a top flight asset, especially in the Superflex League. I'm not tripping. Jerry, you tripping? No, stop it. This is the same story we went through last year, and for the same reasons, I'm still on that side. What did, what did Andrew Luck throw last year? 30 uh, he, some touch, 39 touchdowns, I think? It was just a shade. It was not a Mahomes of touchdown. We know that's no. 50. Um, I think it was 39, if I remember correctly. He was a top five QB in all formats. And 
we were talking about this 365 days ago, similar things, thrown with a Nerf ball, all those those problems we were worried about. Uh, until the point to where I wanted to throw myself into a uh, brush trimmer, like a, like a like a you know those things that you push logs through to make them into mulch. I just wanted to jump in head first. Yeah, uh, and he still threw for 39 touchdowns. No, I'm not worried. No, I Listen, didn't. If, if we like we talked about me, because you know we got we got to talk a little bit before we we hit record, and we were talking about this very situation. It's polarizing. Listen, if this is a story three weeks from right now and we're getting to the point where we actually have to put Andrew Luck in our lineup and sweat it, and we're still sweating it, that's when I'll worry about it. Don't worry until there's a reason to worry. Otherwise, you will always be worrying. And if you're the owner telling me that, that you're worried about Andrew Luck and you're tired of always dealing with this, you've only dealt with it in 2017, and you dealt with it last year, but you're probably the same owner that owns a bunch of Zeke shares, and you sweat that dude every year, whether it's a judicial issue or a holdout issue. We can say the same thing about Zeke. Is Andrew Luck a bit of a headache to own as a dynasty owner? Sure he is. But is he worth owning just like Zeke? Sure he is. So from a dynasty standpoint, grin and bear it. If in a redraft, like I'm not drafting Andrew Luck in my redraft league. My redraft draft is the, I want to say it's a week from Sunday. And I wouldn't be taking Andrew Luck even if he was perfectly healthy. I'm not an early round QB guy. I'm a take Josh Allen and... Phillip Rivers late guy and, you know, swing for the fences guy. So from a redraft, which is what we're kind of focusing on right now, we get it. But uh, i tell you who else is going to get it. Mr. Big Chest. I mean, this guy has been such a gift to us in the podcast uh, industry for football this year. Would you agree? Yeah, he just underhands everything right to you. Dude, he he is softball city. So in the course of our from our last recording to this recording, we've already discussed his feet. He flipped out about his helmet. He said he wasn't going to play. He told Derek Carr that football helmets are racist. And now he's back in camp. Now he's not yet participating, going back to the foot thing. But, man, this guy is the fantasy football story that keeps on giving. Uh, Jerry, since we're focusing more on redraft right now, wh- where are you at? I tried to buy him from you. So so give us a little Antonio Brown love. I mean, I listen, he said he's going to play. And if the man does play, I really think he'll be all right. You know, he might not be what he was with Ben Roethlisberger. But like we always said about Gurley in the last month, even if he's 70% of what he was, he's still awesome. This is a dude that gets 15, 1,600 yards a season. If he gets you 1,200 and still gets you 9 or 10 touchdowns, I got news for you. You're going to win because you're probably getting him in the third round, not the first like you had before. I Listen. He's going to be a pain in your backside to own just because every headline is going to be about him, especially because he's in Oakland, California. And he's got, you know, Derek Carr and he's got the John Gruden remake that that whole storyline of, you know, him coming up with Antonio Brown. No, I'm not worried about him. And honestly, if people want to keep hating on him, I'll keep taking him. This is one of those things like when you're in a home league, Randy. You know, they don't listen to these kind of things. They don't see this stuff as much as we do. So they'll probably take Antonio Brown and they'll probably take Todd Gurley and they'll probably win your league and you'll sit there going, you know, thinking too much into things, upset that Uncle Joe, who thought the guy hit a home run when he scored, is going to beat you and you're going to sit there in shame. Let me me ask you a question. Shoot. Is this Raiders team still going to be bad? Oh, yeah. Are they still going to be playing from behind? Absolutely. Are they going to be throwing the ball a lot because they're behind? 
They will have to. Who will they be targeting a lot when they're throwing the ball because they're behind? Not Tyrell Williams. Um, maybe, 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 maybe a little Tyrell, a little Darren Waller. Let's talk talent wise. Come on. They're throwing it to Antonio Brown an ungodly amount. I see negative game script. I see a target monster. I mean, this is the kind of guy that if in your redraft league, if all your league mates have just seen the negative press and the feet and the helmet situation and all the other weird stuff that's going on and he slips to you in the fourth round. You know what? That's a that's a bold and spicy one that I could live with. Again, tune out the emotion. Is he weird? Is he cracking you up? Is he a headache to own in Dynasty? Jerry knows because I tried to lowball you to buy him in uh, one of our leagues. Yep. You didn't fall for the banana in the tailpipe, but I tried. I did not. Um, let, let's go to another guy that I'm a really big fan of, and, and I kind of feel bad for him, but I, I kind of don't. Golden Tate lost his appeal, and he will be serving a four-game suspension due to the drug that he was taking from a fertility clinic in an effort to have children. Listen, I get it. I, l- I love being a dad. I know uh, it's it's one of my my uh, highlights of my life. So I get it, but you are responsible. And there was a precedent. You know, in legal terms, there's always a precedent. Go back to uh, Robert Mathis, who was an Indianapolis Colt, almost identical situation. And, and he, did the, he did the four games. So uh, one thing I will say, and I'll throw it to Jerry, is put a note in your calendar on your phone. Go in there, and during week three waiver wire run, put in a note to pick up Golden Tate, because he'll probably go undrafted in a lot of redraft leagues. Put a note in there, or someone will draft him because off of name value, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And and someone will get pissed off and drop him, or they'll want to pick up the new hotness in week two. Just put a note in your phone for week three. That's the week before the suspension's up. So that then you can go in there and get him. You've only got to roster him for about you know a week to ten days. Boom, he's uh, he's right back in there. And then you can see what's going on with Golden Tate. That's my redraft move in Dynasty. It's just chill. If you're a contender and you're wanting a little depth in your wide receiver core, I go throw a twenty twenty third at this guy. I'm a big fan. He's only thirty. He plays the slot. Pretty tough guy. Gets out of bounds a lot, too. Doesn't take the huge hits. Absolutely. So wh- where are you at with Mr. Tate? Listen, I mean, he was always going to get suspended. Just it, because if he doesn't, that is a scapegoat way for other players that are testing positive to say, no, well, I was just doing fertility treatments and I took this drug and that's why. Yeah, It's a slippery slope that they, they just wanted to avoid. Listen, here's your four games. It, it is what it is. But as far as picking them up in redraft, like you said, Every single time. Because Sterling Shepard, you're all good and it's all fine and dandy, but they're not just going to throw it to him. And Golden Tape is a safety valve. It is what he was, you know, for Russell Wilson. It's what he was for Stafford. It's what he will be for Daniel Jones and Eli Manning, especially with a wide receiver core that lacks, you know, that elite guy. They just have, you know, a bunch of guys and he can he can make space and shake and bake against a defender better than you know most of the league. So we are on the same page there. So a couple other guys who are trying to make their way back from injury but have not been cleared yet, and one guy's not playing at full speed. It's Darius Geis, even though he's been participating in camp and doing lots of activities, he has still not been cleared to play. And Hollywood Brown, it's reported that he is not yet at full speed. So uh, I've said my piece plenty on both these guys from a dynasty standpoint. 
they're kind. I don't want to say anyone's ever completely off my board, but at their current ADP and redraft, I will not have much Geis or Hollywood Brown. In a best ball, maybe I could I could see taking a, a late swing on a Hollywood Brown, uh, as he's the kind of guy who could have that three catches for 128 yards and two touchdown stat line very easily. But I just don't think I can risk it in 2019 with either one of these dudes. What about you? Yeah, I. I really could see myself drafting Marquise Brown late just because I feel like a lot of people will let him fall. But if he, you know, creeps up at all, then I'm with you. And as far as Darius Geis goes, Adrian Peterson's still there. And Adrian Peterson's going to be getting the work because he's getting the work now. It, that situation's going to be the same. Darius Geis has a chance to give himself and carve himself out a nice role. But you have to be there. And you have to outperform Adrian Peterson, who was pretty good last year. I... You know, we're going to talk about guys that were falling down our board. I wanted to put Darius guys down there. I ended up picking a few other guys that I, you know, dislike a little bit more, but he's a fade for me in redraft too. And, you know, he, he could end up being the guy. He could be the guy that I hope he is in dynasty, but, you know, hope in one hand and crap in the other and tell me which one fills up first. I'll tell you how I get my shares of guys in redraft this year. There's going to be an owner who drafts him at his ADP and is going to be very disappointed in weeks one through four or five. Then we're going to start rolling into bye weeks. And when they're having to make those tough decisions about, because you know people keep kick kickers in defense. It's just the nature of, you know, redraft, your standard 16-team league. I mean, I've got a work league like that. I've got a gym league like that. I've got a, an old school 17-year-old redraft league like that. And someone will drop him around bye week because he's not produced very much because he is splitting time with Chris Thompson and he is splitting time with Adrian Peterson. And then what am I going to do? I'm going to scoop him up. I'm going to put him on my bench. I am going to wait. And I think that he's the kind of guy in weeks 11 through 16, you know, as he gets further and further and further from that knee injury, he gets healthier and healthier, healthier. He doesn't have a ton of reps on him. And then, boom, just as you're rolling into the fantasy playoffs, guys could be up and rolling. It's not uncommon for guys. Think about what uh, Dalvin Cook did last year with an ACL injury. That guy was balling for the fantasy playoffs. So keep that in mind with Darius, guys. Keep an eye on uh, who, who your, your uh, league mates are dropping. And I'll tell you who I'm dropping. Dropping way down uh, uh, my dynasty rankings and my redraft uh, teams. Antonio Callaway. Dude, man, do you love weed that much? Jerry, you're up in Michigan where weed's legal, right? Yes, it is. I mean, is it that good? I mean, I've, I mean, I'm not never been a big weed guy. I'm more of a go fast and go slow kind of guy. But I mean, I just, I just don't get it. Is it is it worth hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of dollars? Man, I, I and, 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 and I know I know the and I'm gonna go on a small rant here. I know that it should be legal. It's legal in some states. It's legal in. I forget the number of states, and, and I understand that. But you also have to understand it's not legal in a lot of states, like Indiana. It's not legal for, for medical. And it's not legal for recreational. Is it stupid? Yes. Is it backwards? Yes. Is it antiquated? Yes. But it bees that way sometimes. So the NFL, Roger Goodell, and the NFL Players Union, these guys have negotiated that it is not okay to use this substance, even if it is legal in your local municipality. Because... It creates an unfair workforce for the for the Colts who play in Indiana who can't use it versus the guys who play in Detroit that can, even though I know it's got health benefits and medical benefits. It, it is what it is, Antonio. 
If you don't want to, if you want to smoke dope, go be an accountant and smoke all the weed you want to. But if you want to be an NFL football player in 2019, because it could be renegotiated in future collective bargaining agreements. But as of now, today, you do it and you don't get to work. If you don't get to work, you don't get a paycheck. If you don't get a paycheck, you can't pay your bills. And if you don't play football, you can't be on my dynasty roster. So get the hell out of here, Antonio. Where are you at with this knucklehead? Same stuff, man. Listen. I am a product, Charles Rogers, former number two overall pick of the Detroit Lions, superstar from Michigan State, was the first football player that I loved. I was the fanboy of all fanboys, and he did nothing but smoke weed in one of the colossal busts in the NFL's history. And it's because of weed. It, it, all you have to do, just listen, if you really like it that much, I just need you to just chill for a few years stack ungodly amounts of money and then you can buy you and every person you've ever met an infinite amount of marijuana and like you said listen i'm not i'm not huge into it i was when i was younger but if it costs me playing football clearly something all of these guys love to do if it costs you that game it's just not worth it it, it, like, it, it, it's not that good to begin with. It, 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 that, that's that's neither here nor there. That that's a that's a thing of an opinion, but it is against the work policy of the place where you work. Do you have to like it? No. But if you choose to break that policy, you know what the consequence is. It just drives me crazy. Do I agree with the NFL? No. But I I don't know. I, I'm I'm just kind of over this one. So I want to move on to someone else who drives me crazy, and that's Zeke Elliott. Still down there in Cabo. Speaking of good weed, he's down there in Cabo. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say that's what he's doing. I'm just saying. Uh, he, he, he's down there in Cabo continuing to hold out. And former Cowboys quarterback and current CBS uh, announcer Tony Romo said that he thinks it's a 50-50 proposition whether or not Zeke shows up week one. And then his teammate, speaking of uh, money, uh, Dak turned down a five-year 50 um, excuse me, five-year, $150 million contract, but with only, only $50 million guaranteed. And I think that was the holdout, is that, that he's I'm, wanting I'm sure, more guaranteed sure. cheddar. But come on, Jack, what world are you living in, dude? This guy said he wants to hold out for $40 million a season, Randy. Yeah, he, he, he ran that back, though. Uh, allegedly, from what I've read most recently, is that he's more in the neighborhood of $34 million. Now, I know we talked about Andrew Luck and his contract's you know, a few years old, but you're meaning you mean to tell me that you deserve $7 million a year more on average than Andrew Luck. Man, get the hell out of here. Just just yeah. get the hell on out of here. I don't want to call him a system quarterback because every quarterback's a system quarterback. Tom Brady's, Tom Brady's really good at football. But he's really good within the the confines of that system, the Bill Belichick, the Josh McDaniel system. So I'm I'm not knocking him for that. I'm not knocking him for wanting to get paid. That dude's like a fourth round pick. He's made hundreds of thousands of dollars, while his peers at the quarterback position have made millions. But you got to be realistic because your team's got to figure out your running back situation, which you need to be successful. They've got to f- figure out your wide receiver one situation, which you need to be successful. I, I, I just don't get it. So I'll, I'll just take this back to redraft. I'm still buying Dak. This guy's yep. uh, been a QB1 every single every single year he plays, and he's so undervalued. Like we talked earlier about how I would be passing on Andrew Luck at 
uh, his ADP because I'll, I'll take a guy like Dak at his. I'll take Dak later in the draft knowing I'll get plenty of points at that position while stacking up wide receivers and running backs. And Zeke he scored Zeke, six rushing touchdowns every single season of his career. So, he, I mean, he runs more than, you know, Russell Wilson. And he may have to and more. He doesn't get the love like it. And he may have to run more with, with, with the Zeke potentially not showing up. So I'm just going to bring this back to Zeke. Where, where are you drafting him now in your redraft? We talked about this with uh, – Wheeler last week on the Goat District podcast. Uh, at least I did. You weren't invited because that's what we do to you. But 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 where where are you drafting him right now in your redraft leagues? At the uh, at the one hundred and six, are you taking Zeke? If on the clock, are you taking Zeke today? At six, I I think I have to. I see. So I can't do it. You can't. I I would you're, much you're rather take DJ over him. Or I, I guess DJ would be gone at that point. I think D, I think DJ will go at one hundred four one hundred five. I would, I mean, if DJ, if I if I'm on the board in the mid first round in a redraft, and I'm choosing between Zeke and DJ, give me DJ. If if I'm going to gamble on a running back not in camp right now, I'll gladly take DeAndre Hopkins at the 106, or maybe another wide receiver like a uh, Devonte Devonte Adams, yeah, someone like that, and then I'll gamble on maybe a Melvin Gordon in the second, who's still holding out. All right, here's hey. a question. Okay. Are you a James Conner guy? Would you go him? No, not that high, Lord. No, you're I, not I, taking James Conner in the first. Back in, so, I mean, like, 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 okay. like, the, like nine the, through twelve. The just did their mock, and uh, Kyle took uh, James Conner at ten. And I've been doing a lot of that in my mocks. I have the ninth pick in my home league, uh, so I've been thinking about James Conner at nine. Now, I don't, I, don't, I wouldn't pick him over Zeke, but I, just, I just thought, I don't know, because. He got a little bit of guff. Seth was not happy about it, so I just I wanted to hear your take. I mean, at, at the one hundred nine type position, I would much rather, you know, go with a, a wide receiver one type like a Julio, and try to get like a Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon on the way back at like the two hundred three or whatever that would be. Okay, something like I would I would much rather take that swing. I mean, my, my first round guy in a redraft guy has to be a guy that I feel like has pretty solid health, you know, on his side. And he's going to be there week in, week out. I mean, that's the that's one of the first cornerstones of your redraft team, and you can't afford to miss. So yeah, I'm I'm probably at Zeke like at one one oh nine. I mean, right there, I would be choosing between him and Connor, and maybe mixing at that point, or you know, Julio Adams, Michael Thomas. He right. slid to that mix. He slid from that that elite top four pick to that. So. Uh, Zeke, you continue to get love, and we'll uh, we'll reevaluate where we would take him in a redraft this time next week if he's still down there in the land of uh, sunshine in Cabo. Speaking of backfields that uh, and ADPs and things are moving, Andy Reid said that we're looking at a full blown running back by committee. You know, he, he even said, "quote I've had success with this in the past in Philadelphia." Uh, how tightly clenched did the buttholes of every Damian Williams truther in the land get when that was came out of Andy Reid's mouth? Airtight. I mean, you, you couldn't drive a safety pin through that thing. <laughs> we have painted an excellent picture, a gross excellent picture. But, I mean, I, do you blame them? They brought in Carlos Hyde, like we always say. Within 24 hours is your thing. And I love me some Carlos Hyde. I know Kyle from the Fellows loves himself some Carlos Hyde. But Damian Williams was productive. They've both been good. Clearly, he, he, I think it is going to be a committee. He's never had a hundred touches in a season. He's been he's going into his sixth year. 
Yeah. So what are you going to do? Give him three hundred yards or three hundred carries? No, he, that's he, stupid. I'm just I'm just fading this situation. If I the one guy I would take a swing on late at his ADP would be Darwin Thompson. Uh, he flashed a little bit, but you know how things operate in you know fantasy and dynasty. When a guy flashes, the price goes up exponentially. It feels like overnight. I'm avoiding this situation altogether at, at ADP because even Carlos Hyde's creeping up. Yeah. So so I would I would much rather much rather just try to avoid it. And the reason why this next story is a little bit further down the the uh, show sheet is because of the time when it happened. It came out late last week that Duke Johnson has been traded to the Texans, and then uh, you got Carlos not excuse me not Carlos but Nick Chubb and Dontrell Hilliard in Cleveland. Jerry, break these three down for me. What are you thinking? I mean, I've always sort of been a Lamar Miller guy, but. Yeah, I mean, Duke Johnson's good. He's going to have a nice role. I don't really think it changes Lamar Miller. It's, he's still going to do the exact same things he was already doing, but it's obviously an improvement for Duke Johnson. And I think it is a pretty big improvement for Nick Chubb as well. I, Hilliard, sorry. I mean, he looks pretty good. He looks good as a pass catcher. He looks all right. He's not Nick Chubb. Let me see a little bit more Nick Chubb in the pass game. It's the one thing that we always talk about that is keeping him from that tier. His production last year was, if extrapolated to 16 games, he was on a Saquon Barkley pace. But you have to be able to pass catch. And if you're not going to do that, you are not even in the same realm as, you know, the top seven, eight guys just because of that. Uh, So is Duke Johnson, you know, Will I take a few stabs at him? Yeah, I don't think he's a better running back than Lamar Miller. I really don't. Everyone hates Lamar Miller. He's had at least 1,100 yards the last five straight seasons, including 1,200, 13. He's get, he doesn't get touchdowns, and that's what, what hurts him and keeps him in that you know, ugly sort of part of your roster that's just you plug him in, he's boring. He doesn't, he doesn't win you a week, but he doesn't lose you a week either. Yeah, my fear with Nick Chubb is that, to your point, he's just not involved in the passing game. Now, can he do it? I'm sure he can. I mean, I've expressed faith in guys like Leonard Fournette being able to show more passing chops in the NFL than they did in college. But to this point, I mean, he he suited up for all 16 games last year, was the starter for nine, had 29 targets and 20 receptions. And not not for a bunch of yards. Now, now, can he do it? I certainly think that he can. But I, the, the guy that I'm buying, especially for Dynasty, is Dontrell Hilliard. He was available in five of my nine leagues. And I'm sure he's available in the Scott Fishbowl. And I've got waiver claims in on that dude in every single league. Uh, actually, in one league that we're in that the waiver wire kind of stays open, I saw that and I went out and picked him up instantly. So I've already got three shares. I really like it. My, my Also, my other fear for Chubb is what happens when, when Kareem Hunt gets back? I mean, we can assume all we want, but last time I checked, Kareem Hunt's pretty good at football. Correct. And, and, and he's going to have a, a hand in this offense, especially for the fantasy playoffs. So uh, I've seen a lot of Nick Chubb love out there, and there should be. Super talented, high end. My fear is, is that he's already a second-round dynasty asset. Is that correct? Yeah, I would say so. Does he have to exhibit a significant increase in his passing role in order for him to move up around into the first next year? I would say, I, I don't know about a significant, but a, a, a nice chunk. A nice chunk. And so therefore, you could be, not definitely, but could be buying 
Nick Chubb at his absolute dynasty peak. Because remember, that fabled 2020 class is going to come in and flood the market next year with even more players. So the only way that you can, in my opinion, and it's, that's simply mine, that you can buy Nick Chubb at his current cost is if you see the value going up. And What about in, uh, in redraft? Oh, and in, 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 in redraft, it's game on. It, it, okay. it, it, You're not it, worried about Cream Hunt coming back when you want to win your championship, and then Cream Hunt screws it all up for you. Got, you you, you got to get to the playoffs to, to win the playoffs. Okay. And, and, and Nick Chubb's going to do a fine job of getting you there. And uh, what do we always say? Future me has to deal with the decisions <laughs> of current day me all the time. So uh, in redraft, no, it's it's full ship ahead uh, on Nick Chubb. Uh, Chris Carson. The OC is wanting to get that man 50 targets this year, so that'd be about three a game. Does that move the needle on him? Now, Chris Carson finished as RB15 last year in PPR. Uh, does 50 targets get him to an RB1, that, that top 12? I mean, if he had the same production that he had last year, I'm just not sure that that will happen. I really think they're going to get Rashad Penny the ball more. That GM will need it. This is a team that went from Super Bowls, and now they're not. And then they take a running back in the first. If you're going to tell me that that GM, now I am not in Seattle. I am not on the West Coast, so I don't know how their fans and their media are. I would be hard-pressed to assume that there is not a hot seat on the GM just because that is what fans do. And if you take a running back in the first round and then you let the seventh rounder take the majority, even though he's looked good. And Randy, he's looked like the better running back. Let's I'm not twisting that up. But we all have egos, and that was the guy that he picked, and that was the guy that he wanted. I really think that's going to be a headache of a situation. So it, it, he he could see all that. I'm just not sure it's going to, you know, come to fruition. Let me ask you a question. Shoot, D- did you know that between Chris Carson, Mike Davis, who's now a Bear, and Rashad Penny last year, they scored 376 PPR points? Did you know that? Uh, I didn't. So so let's say hypothetically, this is just hypothetical for redraft, let's say Chris Carson gets 200, okay? 200, yep. 200 PPR points would have made him, well, Philip Lindsay finished 12th last year at 205. So that would put him right on that borderline of an RB1. And let's say that uh, Rashad Penny gets that other 170 to 175, okay? Yep. That would put him at RB... 1920. Tevin Coleman was 19 last year at 177. So th- there's a real possibility where Carson could be a borderline RB1 and Penny could be a middle of the pack RB2. Uh, if you're still doing best balls, a guy that I, uh, I liked, I mentioned him as my waiver wire darling for Dynasty on the Goat District podcast last week, it's Travis Homer. Uh, Pete Carroll already raving about this kid and his pass catching ability. That doesn't mean that he has a role or that he's going to be fantasy viable for redraft, but it does mean that's a name that you need to know, especially if either one of these guys goes down with injury. Uh, We know Penny missed some time last year with a couple of different injuries, and Carson, although while healthy now, had some knee issues to start the season. So remember that name for your deep, deep, deep dynasty leagues or your best ball leagues where maybe you draft 24 uh, type positions, uh, Travis Homer. But yeah, Jerry, I could make a case where I think both of these guys could be valuable. Carson, clearly the one that I would rather own. I want to talk about another running back. It looks like Jarek McKinnon has had another setback, and he is going to wind up on the uh, the preseason IR, potentially, IR designated to return. What does this do for Tevin Coleman and Breda, and who would you rather have? 
I I don't think I would rather have any, which makes me really think Matt Braid is my answer, just because he's going to be significantly cheaper. Because people still love Jarek McKinnon over him. But, you know, and as far as redraft grows, goes, excuse me, you know, we're for the most part, that's a lot of our home leagues. So there's not guys that really know Matt Breida. And they might be thinking Jerk McKinnon's the guy. You know, Tevin Coleman should get the workload. I uh, They didn't bring him in for no reason. So I think he will get, you know, the the golden half of that committee. But Matt Breida is going to be cheaper. He's going to be just as effective. And honestly, I don't know if that's going to be a good offense. What what is your take on the San Francisco offense? Because I it gets hype with Jimmy G. I'll just take all the Breda. I'll just, I'll just stop you right there. Okay. I'll, t- I'll I'll take all the Breda. Uh, a philosophy that excuse me that I have adopted has always been, you know, take the the, the cheaper guy, you know, and and, and I love sat not satellite backs. He's not really a satellite back. He actually ran the ball pretty well. I just know this. Matt Breda finished as RB twenty five last year in PPR. And we know he was banged up a lot, played on a high ankle sprain, uh, started one game. He had negative half a point in a game. He missed weeks uh, 14 and week 17. It, but I, I still like what I saw. So I would much rather have Breda. He's going to be cheaper. The buzz is going to be on Tevin Coleman. But we saw Tevin Coleman not exactly flourish in the uh, the lead dog role there in, uh, and that and that was a good situation. Atlanta. Yeah, I mean another good offense. So I, I will just land it with this. I would rather have Breda at his ADP than Coleman at his. Although I think Coleman will be the guy to have early, and Breda will be the guy to have late in a redraft. Uh, these last two stories are just kind of speculative. So my man Terry McLaren. Thank you, Nick Whalen. Good friend of the show, Nick Whalen. Uh, I've been on him. Thank you, since- Randy, for getting me in on him. Uh, you should have listened to Nick. You could have cut out the middleman. But uh, it looks like a lock for an early season role. He played with the uh, the first team on uh, their, uh, during their preseason game and then came out. So uh, this guy is just super impressive. I love him. I'm not sure I'm ready to draft him in a 16 roster spot, 12-man redraft league but certainly a name that i'm buying because i think the price is only going to go up in dynasty figure out what the price is and just pay it just pay it and move on down the road and then uh, dante pettis we'll go back to the 49ers is in danger of quote unquote losing his starting spot this feels like a lot of camp news Uh, i think they're trying to motivate him and get him fired up maybe he's not as competitive as some of the other guys but i did like debo's a uh, handful of snaps, and uh, Jalen Hurd looked pretty good. So where are you at on McLaren, Pettis, and the rest of the wide receivers in San Fran? I am super excited about Terry McLaren. Uh, when you can get a steal like that, because for the most part, he was going in third rounds of drafts, uh, You know, especially if you drafted early. He might have been even going later. And if you get a immediate starter, that is just pure profit. That's house money. Um, so thank you for that. As far as the San Fran guys, I I think you're right. I think the Dante Pettis thing is just motivation. You know, maybe he's been a little lazy. Maybe he's been comfortable. I don't I I don't know. I'm not there. But you know, as far as that goes, and there are a lot of talented guys. Maybe they just want to see him take that next step. Maybe you know what they saw is an elite asset, and he's just not living up to it. And they're trying to give him a little kick in the backside. But. I, I think that's a little bit of camp talk. I think it is just motivation, and I'm excited for for Hurd and for Debo. But like I said, with the running back situation, I'm not sure how potent that offense is going to be. I'm not sure how relevant those guys will be. And as far as redraft is concerned, 
maybe I'll take Pettis, depending what what else comes out in the next week or two. But I don't know. That's that's risky business, man. I mean, if he's a bench stash, that that's one thing. If you're drafting him to be your flex, I I can't do that. Yeah, absolutely. So that that is uh, that is the news. Stop. Collaborate and listen. BestFantasyFootballLeague.com is back with a brand new invention. Okay, it's not really a new invention, but they've got a cool twist on the dynasty leagues they're currently providing. One quarterback, three running back, four wide receivers, a tight end, two flex, no kickers and defenses, 24 rounds. They also have redraft leagues, best ball leagues, entry fees from $19.99 to $2,999. Go check them out. BestFantasyFootballLeague.com. All right, big thanks to bestfantasyfootballleague.com. Jerry, are you going to get into that $3,000 league? Uh, if I can borrow some money. Like what, $3,000? Like at least $2,990. All right, $2,990. Do I get like cut in for a share? Yeah, yep, yep, 50%. All right, well then what we will consider that if you don't draft any of these next six guys at their current ADP. I'll kick this off. So the first guy that I'm not drafted, not, not, not to say that I would not roster this gentleman. I, I actually have him on one of my dynasty leagues. I think he could have a good season, but he is currently going 33rd overall, which is round three redraft capital, according to fantasyfootballcalculator.com. He's the 19th running back off the board, and that is Mr. Derek Henry. I still don't trust this offense. I do think they're going to feed him. But I heard this last year, and I can't live in the vacuum of was the last handful of weeks where he scored what felt like the majority of his points. You know, guys going just after him, I would much rather have uh, Josh Jacobs, Chris Carson. You know, I mentioned Chris Carson earlier in the news segment and how well he did last year in a standard league. Obviously, I'm knocking Henry down in a PPR league. Mark Ingram going at RB39, and then Sony. Sony's actually been flashing very well in camp, and he is RB43. So I think around that spot, um, he's going just ahead of Amari Cooper, Stephon Diggs, Brandon Cooks. I think in round three there, I'd rather have one of those three wide receivers. Uh, preferably, I would rank those for me, Diggs, Cooper, Cooks, and then come back around in like the fourth round with my next pick and get Ingram or Sony or, if I'm lucky, Carson. So, and, and, and this one of the reasons is just that pass-catching profile. Now, in a standard league, slightly different conversation, but this is a running back that has never had more than 18 targets in a season and never more than 15, you know, catches. He's had 50 career targets, Jerry, or as Christian McCaffrey calls that, what I have by week six. So, I, I am... Uh, He's got I, more catches than that by week six. I, yeah, at least targets, if, if not catches... So it's just in a PPR world, again, I showed a lot of love earlier in the show to Chris Carson and Standard. I don't play in all but one Standard League. And I just in the middle of the third round, I can't bypass those three wide receivers. So for that reason, me personally, Derrick Henry is falling down my ADP for redraft in 2019. What about you, Jerry? Anything on the on the call there with Henry? And nope, who is your first hate, guy? No, I, don't, I definitely don't hate that pick. It's... You know, those last couple of weeks really spiked him. It, had he not had those weeks, or maybe he only had one of them, we would be talking about Derrick Henry in the sixth round. So, eh, I, don't, I don't hate it. I mean, in a standard, I guess he does get the spike. But my guy is another guy sort of in that range. Aaron Jones, running back, Green Bay Packers. 30th overall, 
he's, I mean, that's in the third round. Randy, let me ask you a question. How many times do you think he got over 15 carries last season in a game? Um, based on the way you asked the question, I'm going to go with five final answer. Yeah, two. He, oh. he got over 15 carries twice. He got over 80 yards. I'm looking at it twice. I'm taking that guy in the third round, and he missed four games. He started to get some of the pass catching in the last couple of weeks before he got hurt, so he actually started to get a workload that would be conducive to being picked in the third round, and he couldn't live up to it because he got hurt. This is a dude that misses time. Don't get me wrong. I think he is the best running back on that team, but I think Jamal Williams will get some of it because they don't want him to get hurt. They want him around. They think they are going to win, so they're going to want Aaron Jones when it, we get into the meat and potatoes of these division games against some mean defenses up here in the mean blue and gold north. But I just, uh, I, I can't do it. Not in the third round. There's so many guys there. And I mean, we're seeing Mike Evans fall to the third. I will take Mike Evans over Aaron Jones every single day of the week. I just, I can't do it. Mike Evans in the third. Hook me up with that, actually. I, I think, yeah, Aaron, I, th I, I think, him, I drafted him in a mock today in the third. Wow. Hopefully it was like the early third, like the 301 or 302. It was. It was. Okay, good. My faith in humanity is somewhat restored. I mean, they can't do it all through fantasy football, but you know. Yeah, I, I think Aaron Jones is living very high off of his weeks 10 through 14 last year. He scored six touchdowns in those five games, uh, but only went over 100 yards once on the entire season to Jerry. Against Miami. Against Miami. No, no, no I'm not throwing shade at the Dolphins. Um, you know, he only had more than three receptions once. Also, uh, nope, that was against the Seahawks. So I, I, I think I think he could do it, but to exactly. your point, where, where he's going drafted at ADP, and that's what we're talking about. It's the whole premise of this show tonight. At where he's going, I'd much rather take a, a different player, a more stable player, and uh, not have to gamble because this guy just came back to practice uh, from a hamstring issue this very week. So he's he's already had a, you know hamstring injuries can be reoccurring, they can linger. So I, I like that. I think Aaron Jones is a good call. Mine, mine's probably going to piss some people off, but I'm good at that. And that's Hunter Henry going 69th uh, overall. That is toward the back end of the sixth round. And not only am I not an early quarterback guy, I'm not an early tight end guy to begin with, but he's going six picks after Evan Ingram, a.k.a. the wide receiver one on the New York football Giants. And if you're going to take Hunter Henry – at his current ADP, you're going to pass up on wide receivers like Allen Robinson, Christian Kirk, a running back like Miles Sanders, uh, Dante Pettis. Man, I would much rather get a guy like uh, Jared Cook at the 82nd overall. Vance McDonald going two rounds later than, than the mid-six. I can get Vance McDonald in the mid-eighth. I can get David Njoku, according to Fantasy Football Calculator, going at 100 overall. So, um, there are, and then I, I won't even get into my, my man crush of all time, Mr. Uh, Mr. Austin Hooper, who I can get way late in draft. And I got news. He's not Antonio Gates. I mean, people, I feel like are still chasing that, that rookie season where he had one TD for basically every, every seven targets. It just feels like too high, too high a price to pay too early to take a tight end with a speculative, uh, production floor. So for that reason, I am not taking Hunter Henry 
in the mid-sixth. So who is your next guy? Uh, my guy is actually someone that wears the Honolulu blue and silver. Kenny Galladay, number 19 on the field, number one in my heart, but not today, not for redraft. We're talking about a dude that's going 43rd overall, wide receiver 17. That's the fourth round. Now, listen, I like me some Kenny Galladay, but if we're talking about taking Kenny Galladay over guys like Cooper Cup, you know, Chris Godwin, Kelvin Ridley, my he's my he's my guy this year. I can't do it. We're talking about, hey, listen, he really feasted with everybody being gone. You know, Marvin Jones was hurt. We shipped off Golden Tate. You know, we didn't have a tight end. Running backs were hurt. He was the only guy, and he was good. Kenny Galladay was good. I just, I don't want to rely on him that early. I will take Kelvin Ridley in what should be a good passing offense over Kenny Galladay every single time without hesitation. And listen, the Lions are not trying to go back to the Kelvin Johnson, Scott Linehan era where we throw for 5,000 yards and Stafford throws for 40 touchdowns. They are turning him into a game manager. Granted, last year it was diarrhea, but... Uh, you know that they're trying to run the ball. That is why they brought Matt, Matt Patricia. Excuse me. They want to have a good defense. They want to run the ball. They want to be boring. They want to be extremely boring. They want to have Big Ten football. That's what they want. And Kenny Galladay being an asset that gets you into the what third, fourth round. It's just I can't do it, Randy. That's just too too much. You know, if he was. 12, 15 picks later, I would snatch Kenny Galladay up every single time. That, though, eh, I can't do it. I I wish you'd have told me that before we drafted him in the Dynasty Degenerates League 4. But, hey, I, I actually have more faith than that. I'm expecting a big bounce back. Uh, maybe it's because I, I started in on Matthew Stafford much younger in, in my life, and uh, when he was a younger man with his hat on backwards, chugging brews, being a bro, uh, for all the reasons that Baker drives me crazy now. But, hey, if I can love Matthew Stafford, damn it, I can love Baker Mayfield. So I think you're wrong, but I can get that. I mean, there are plenty of other guys in that thing. And I just realized if, if you're a listener, you may think I hate people named Henry. I don't. Uh, but, I, but I did pick on Hunter Henry, and I did pick on Derrick Henry. But I'm not going to pick on Travis Henry. But I am going to pick on Tyler Lockett. Uh, man, this guy broke out of nowhere last year. Had an absolutely crazy 10-touchdown season. Uh, but my man is currently going 48th overall, according to our friends over at FantasyFootballCalculator.com. That is the wide receiver 19. And man... To, to get him where he's going currently at that ADP, you'd have to pass up uh, the Messiah, Chris Godwin, your boy, Calvin Ridley, my boy, Cooper Cup, Mr. 10 touchdowns in his own right last year, well, 10 TDs plus, Mr. Mike Williams, as well as guys like DJ Moore, Jarvis Landry, Robbie Anderson, Allen Robinson. These are all guys I would rather get much later and you know, add to, uh, you know, to my running back core there in, in the fourth round. So so here are his career targets. Are you ready for this in four seasons? You ready, Jerry? Yep. Got to make sure got to make sure Jerry's ready. 69, 66, 71 and 70 last year. His 70 last year wasn't even the highest of his career. Last year he had an 81.4% catch rate. That feels very unsustainable for me. He caught one touchdown per seven targets. 
his yards per target over his career, his first three seasons in the league, he averaged 8.8 yards a target. Last year, 13.8 yards a target, uh, you know, full five yard per target increase. Um, his 10 TDs last year were more than his first three seasons combined when he had nine. Um, could, could an increase in volume offset that? But go look at Russell Wilson's attempts. He's, he doesn't throw the ball a ton. He threw the ball 427 times last year. Uh, the 70 that went in the direction of Tyler Lockett was good for about a 16% uh, target share. So could that go up? Sure. But if the targets creep up, I don't know that it's going to be enough to to offset the, uh, the the loss of what I perceive that he'll lose in touchdowns. I think that with Will Disley potentially coming back, I think he'll be a target in the red zone. I think that will be the role of a rookie like DK Metcalf, just a big-bodied athletic freak who can go up and get the ball. You know, we want to get the, the running backs more involved in the passing game. So I just don't see Lockett getting the volume and being equally as efficient as he was in 2018. So therefore, in redraft, I can't take him at the 4-5 turn. I have to I have to fade him in favor of another player. Jerry, who is your last guy that you are fading at their current ADP? Uh, first, love the Tyler Lockett pick because I am in that same boat. And like we talked about Carson and Penny earlier, they just want to run the ball, and they're going to be effective running the ball. So I like that pick. Mine is Daryl Henderson, the sweet and loving darling of the Dynasty community in July. Randy, he's going 86th overall in the eighth round of redraft. Now, let me ask a question. Did Todd Gurley die? Uh, I just Googled it. He did not die. Okay, and he's pretty good at football? Last time I checked, yes, sir. All right, and knees don't just fall off within a few months? Not only that, I once heard Reggie Bush. You, you, you familiar with Mr. Bush? Yes, I am. He was actually a lion. He wore a little Hawaii blue himself. Uh, he said that every NFL player has arthritis to some degree. Did you know that? Uh, I believe it. He, he said that he played in the NFL with arthritis. Did you know that? Uh, I believe it. So if Reggie Bush can do it... Can, can Ty Gurley do it? Yeah, a younger, better version at running back? Yes, I think he can, Randy. The, and we're also just assuming that Daryl Henderson is the guy that will take over like Malcolm Brown just fell off the planet. Daryl Henderson is sort of struggling in this scheme. He, he, you know, he had big holes in Memphis. He's just, Malcolm Brown is a guy that they wanted back. The Lions wanted Malcolm Brown. They had him in Detroit. They were ready for it. And the Rams said, no, 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 no. Uh, come come back to Papa. You, you come here because we're going to need you. And then they still drafted Daryl Henderson. They knew they had him. And then they drafted Daryl Henderson just because he's a dynamic piece. He's not that guy yet. He needs to grow. He is raw. We can be a darling. And he, I know he was a fancy dynasty asset in May. And then we got a bunch of news about Todd Gurley throughout June, so he just sort of morphed into this vortex of hype. But in the eighth round of a redraft for 2019, you are insane if you take Daryl Henderson there. Yeah, it feels way too high. Now, can I can I agree and disagree at the same time? I would love to hear both sides. I agree that his ADP is too damn high. <laughs> 
agree 100%. I do think that this is a guy who's going to have a role. I agree that Malcolm Brown is the handcuff, if you're into that sort of thing, uh, for Mr. Gurley and his aforementioned knee. But I, I think Daryl Henderson's going to have his own role. And Are you going to call him Kamara? Because you're going to call him Kamara. I'm going to shut this laptop right now. I, I am not. I'm going to call him Austin Eckler, as I always have. I think Austin Eckler is your floor. And I think Kamara is bursting through the top of the thermometer ultra high end. That's fair. I, I, I just don't know how we go ditch to ditch. This is the part of dynasty and fantasy that absolutely drive me crazy. I'm as impulsive and as reactionary as just about anyone that you meet. But man, I mean, we're talking less than a week ago as of this recording. Daryl Henderson was on everybody's must-have list. After a couple of bad stories and, le- and one less than stellar game, this guy's now a big pile of trash. I, I think somewhere in the middle, the truth lies. So if I could get him somewhere like in the 12th, See, ele- that's, ele- what, that's what I'm saying. 11th, 12th, sure, g- give me some Daryl Henderson. But we're here talking about guys who are ADP way damn high, too damn can, high. Can Daryl Henderson win you a league if given the opportunity in St. Louis? Yes, I think he can. But L.A., Jerry, L.A., eight, you're, you're living in 2015, brother. They've been, they've been in L.A. for a while. Inglewood up to did no I good. Did really say St. Louis? You, you, you sure did, but how many times uh, am I going to call the Chargers the San Diego Chargers? I mean, it's a in San Diego. Uh, but in the eighth round, oh, my goodness, absolutely not. No, I like me some Daryl Henderson. And, you know, he could be the guy that gets you that ship, and you love him, and it'll be great. The risk, it, it, the the percentage that he doesn't do that is far too risky to take the man in the eighth round. 100%. You can add him to my Darius Geis list of guys that will be drafted and drafted way too damn high and guys that I'll be scooping up off of the waiver wire when your impatient, didn't succeed for me in week one ass, cuts him. I will scoop in and say, thank you. Put him on the back end of my roster. And, and let it percolate. Just patience. Just patience is what we're preaching here. But those are our six guys. I'll run through them real quick just for uh, for your notes. Because, Jerry, what we call that's a writer downer? That is exactly what we call it. Write these six names down. Uh, the, uh, the brothers from different mothers, Derek and Hunter Henry, Tyler Lockett, Aaron Jones, Kenny Galladay, and Daryl Henderson. Those are the six guys that Jerry and I are avoiding at their current redraft ADP. So, Jerry, man, like like you said, uh, I'm two weeks away from my favorite redraft. Um, you've got one coming up. You're already doing redraft mocks. Man, the season's right around the corner. And it's it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Cause this I, is th- I thought you were going to say lit. I was going to close no, my laptop on I'm you. Too old. I'm too old for lit. Yeah, I, we I, said we said bomb when I was a kid. If that says anything. Oh, you're going to bomb. All right, I, I, I see what you did there. Now, say, uh, uh, I still borrow from my parents, uh, my parents' generation. You go, you go with cat and cool and hip. You know all the words that haven't been cool or hip in about three decades. But that's all right. That is the verbiage in which I use. So, uh, how many more mocks are you going to do before uh, you start getting cranked up for this redraft league? At least seventy-eight. I don't know. A lot. I 78? do a few a day. <laughs> I do a few a day. Yeah, if you use some of the wizards yeah, like I switch it up, right? Sometimes like sleeper. Take tight end early, sometimes take quarterback early. No. You know, you just No, you I just just no. Just you say gotta, just just try it. No, just try no. It once, you can't and you make know what me. happens? You know what happens when I do? 
I hate my team so exactly. much. Exactly. So I, I know I'll never do it, but I just like to try it. I, 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 cool. for punishment, my friend. I, I, I am not. I am a firm believer that uh, I already mentioned Mr. Njoku. If he's going in the, uh, the what is it, the, like the 10th the round, the 9th, 10th round, no, I'm not. I have no need to go tight end early. If Austin Hooper's going in the thirteenth round, I have no need to go tight end early. If I can get a guy like Josh Allen late, I have no need to go a quarterback early. So, I'm not going to try a theory that I'm not going to put into into practice. I'm going to do what I always do. I hope to land right in the middle every draft. I want to land right dead in the middle, that five, six, seven. That way, I don't ever get crushed by a run, and I can sit there and just you know pick and choose all the guys I want, and I'm going to fill my roster up with a bunch of awesome running backs and wide receivers. And then in those late rounds, I'm going to, you know, get me a quarterback, maybe two, uh, a tight end. You know, tight end, I'm only taking one because I think you'll have plenty of guys to stream late, like a Tyler Eifert. Uh, Dawson Knox could be a thing. You, you never know. So, yeah, th- th- that's where I'm at with all these guys. But, Jerry, I'm going to let you get back to mock draft number 79. I am going to get this show ready for these people. So on behalf of Jerry, I am Memphis at DFF Memphis. And we do want to give a special shout out to Kyle B. Kyle B is our newest Patreon member. And if you want to be a Patreon member, all you got to do is go to Dyna- go, excuse me, go to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Sign up for as little as a buck a month. Uh, the group chat's been pretty lit, Jerry. Yeah. I Did you really just say that? Ah, damn it. I'm not, I'm not editing it out. I'm shutting the laptop. I'm, sh- I'm shutting the laptop. Goodbye. So on behalf of Jerry, I am Memphis, and we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We will see you right back here next week with another show on the Dynasty Football Network. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZRING. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZRING, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZRING, and let's have a big season.